from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome to Locked On Chiefs today, one day closer to the NFL draft. We are definitely looking forward to it around here, and we have a lot of prep going into it. We have Matt Derrick with us today, and we are going to go over, pick by pick, his first and official mock draft as he lays out what the Chiefs may be looking for overall as they approach this particular draft this particular year. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and your host at RGR Football. Matt will join me here in a minute. I do have my draft guide up at RogueAPC.com. It is all the production and athleticism statistics that we build at Rogue Analytics based on all my years as a strength and conditioning coach. And it is really fun to take that and put it up against film grades. So check that out. If you are into that kind of thing, that's RogueAPC.com and use the code MATRIXLON and you'll get like a 20% discount. I hope that you guys enjoy it. We have a lot to get into because it's not just the mock. It's not just trying to make selections that come down to what they will fit, what you could project as a fit for a team. It's also predicting what that team wants to do, what their priorities are. And that's honestly why these teams keep secrets. Because once that stuff gets out, it allows other teams to make adjustments. I think the Chiefs are adjusting right now. And I think as they hear more and more teams are looking to possibly trade out of their picks, I think Brett Veach is becoming more active. Does that mean that they're going to trade up? No. But it does mean that there are more opportunities now than there were last week for such a trade up. And the more that we look at what is top tier for what the Chiefs need to accomplish this, I can't say that they're going to draft specifically for need, but when you take a look at best player available for a position need that you can actually get on the field, that certainly falls to the Chiefs this season. And I think Brett Veach is keenly aware of the holes that are available. So a trade up and more teams willing to trade out of their picks now, I think opens an opportunity for him and his staff to go get the guy that they want, whether that's a tackle or a wide receiver uh, or even possibly an edge. I don't think this edge class is great, but I think there are some that are interesting. Uh, Maybe somebody that they don't feel they want to wait on. I have to think if they move up, it is likely for the tackle. We've talked about some of those scenarios, but the two that are in play now seem to be six and 11. I would certainly not be interested in six. Um, although if the Miami Dolphins want to get out of that, they're, they may be able to move around elsewhere in their selections. Maybe that's something the chiefs want to talk about. We won't know probably until we know if we do hear anything, we'll have to communicate to you at that time what it is. And communicating is a big problem today because what came out from the NFLPA is that there is a study that was completed and they are communicating not just to the league, but out to the community as well that the safety evaluations of helmeting um, from shoot in particular, but from all kinds of different uh, manufacturers is to the point now where 18% of NFL players may need to go grab themselves a new helmet and get outfitted for something different in order to comply with the safety standards. And that is a push the league's been making for a number of years. And I think that uh, it's going to continue to certainly helmet technology has made some jumps lately, but it'll be interesting to see how many of the Chiefs fall into that category. I think, especially when you look at um, the concussion to Patrick Mahomes earlier uh, in the playoffs that he was able to recover from, some guys don't get to do that. So I think all the more protection for players in general, but quarterbacks especially as they are the, the targets, I think that that can come in handy. We'll find out how many of the Chiefs are affected by this ruling 
and we'll have more information for you when it happens. But we have to get into the mock draft scenario that Matt Derrick laid out because as a beat reporter that knows this team from a more inside level, some things are a little bit different from his perspective than from ours. So I'm really looking forward to this. I hope you guys like it. We'll get into that coming up next. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designated by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only at BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high-quality fine jewelry that will surprise and delight, and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing, low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all the bars. And we recognize it's been hard to keep up with the brackets and all the new flavors, but let's remember, when it all comes said and done, there are a couple things that really stand out, like cookies and cream with 17 grams of protein at 130 calories, or almond coconut, which is one of my favorites still. And you can get a serious discount over at BuiltBar.com by using the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 50% off your next order. That's the promo code LOCKED15, for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Get all the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Audacity app or wherever you get podcasts. Matt Derrick's with us. I know we're all whining out of time, but how are you hanging in there, Matt? Uh, doing just fine. I, I, I don't know where everybody is. We had like three or four inches of snow at my house this morning, oh, and wow. now it's completely gone. So spring in Kansas City. Oh, you're doing better than me. I got like eight inches the night before and half of it's still here. 36 yeah, that's hours that's, that's going to stick around a while. Yeah, I was out. I was out plowing the other night, you know, draft things happen. So you have to run around. But um, I want to make sure that we do as much as we can to emphasize the fact that you broke down. And did a mock draft. <laughs> I am going to be punishing the, the the visitors to Chiefs Digest over the last 10 days <laughs> leading up to the draft with my insane mock drafts. So you, the first one's up. Yes, we can pick it apart, but there will be plenty more for, for everybody out there who wants something to chew on and think about over the, the next nine days as we get ready for the draft. Well, I love, I love what you're doing, and it is... Um, something that, frankly, I was not prepared to do. But you're doing different styles of drafts. You're doing different draft engines. You're doing like 360 soup to nuts. Every aspect you can get on mocking this thing that's coming now in nine days. Yeah, you know, I mean, I like to do try. I, I when I do mocks, I, I do like to do different things to kind of mix it up and everything. And there's a lot of these simulators out there that are decent. And I like to try them out because it gives me, you know, I, I, I like that and using some of the, the simulator simulator sometimes because then at least you're not just cherry picking, you know, the best possible pick at every spot. I mean, you're having to deal with the fact that your guy may not be there and you've got to adjust and you got to be prepared. So, yeah, I'm going to be doing some different 
um, themes, you know, sometimes there will be, there will be one that will be just focusing on trade possibilities and where the Chiefs might be able to move up. Um, the first one was just simply, Hey, we're going to go with best available athlete. Um, we'll have the a second one that's going to be coming up is, is going to be left tackle or bust. And I, I'll give you a clue on that one that I, I not only doubled down, I tripled down on tackle wow. in that mock draft. Wow. Most of these guys can slide into guard, so I think that's super smart. That's oh. the other thing is that I figure you know, there's a couple of these guys that, hey, even if they don't turn into tackles, they could be decent guards. Oh, I look forward to that one. We're going to go through your first iteration here for the show. And uh, let's see, you did this on the Draft Network. That's the one I use the most. Um, I agree with you about one thing, though, is that when you don't have multiple boards to choose from, like it, I th- I like those composite boards because it gives different yeah. aspects because every team has a different, you know, point of view. So um, that said, how did you feel like the whole exercise went before we get to the first pick? Yeah, I, I'm completely with you in that if I do these simulators, I love to have the ability to do composite boards because those at least really round out the oddities from one board to another. You get some really wonky results sometimes, you know, hey, Penn A. Sewell going with the number three pick to San Francisco. Not what I expected to see in this draft, but you know what? <laughs> that happened. So you got to get a deal. But, you know, at least it gives you a, a something to go up against and everything. So um, this one was, you know, pretty interesting because, you know, hey, four tackles were gone by the time I got to pick and had some interesting choices there at the end of the first round. And that's the really key part, especially when you drafts are dealing with what adversity and oddity, right? So that makes perfect sense to me. And you didn't trade around in this one, right? This was a straight pick at your pick. Yeah, this was just going to make my picks. No trading. Well, we will do a trade one down the road. But this one was just going to be at that spot. Best available athlete for the Chiefs. And so you ended up going uh, with a guy that I think fits the mold of the next receiver. And you chose Terrace Marshall. Uh, from LSU, I always forget the junior on his name, but there was a lot going on there. So what were your other options and why did you go with Marshall? Yeah, like I said, I mean, there were four tackles gone at that point. Um, Sewell, obviously, Rashawn Slater, Christian Derrissaw, and, and Tevin Jenkins were off the board. And interestingly, you know, Kadarius Tony was on the board. There were some other receivers, too. So I'm looking at this, and there's some other possibilities. I mean, because I'm not ruling out edge or linebacker as, you know, some spots the Chiefs might be going, because I know they've been kicking the tires on some players at those spots. But when I looked at the board and the possibilities, I'm like, okay, I think there's going to be a player that I really like available at the end of the second round. So if that's the case, you know, and I can just go completely with best fit for the Chiefs, regardless of position. I really feel like Marshall was the guy there because, I mean, I think that's the, the the one player in this draft that, you know, to me really stacks up with the kind of player that Sammy Watkins was and could be that. And I think that's the one thing the Chiefs are missing. Hey, they got a lot of, you know, guys with speed at receiver, but they need somebody who, like you said, is that kind of, you know, big X that has some speed, but can be a possession receiver and be a big target. So I did with that. I crossed my fingers that there would be a player that I really liked in the second round. That's interesting because I, I think that is what the discussion is, is do they sell out for that tackle or do they let somebody fall? And it's likely to be a wide receiver given this class. So you get down to 63, you, you're patiently waited it all out and you get there and your selection was Greg Rousseau from Miami. I think I have a couple of questions for you, but who else was available and what were you debating at that selection? 
Yeah. And, you know, and if I, if this were a trade situation, you know, since I passed on tackle early, the, the last of the tackles that I think that would real well, not the last, but maybe the, you know, top eight, nine tackles that, you know, kind of a consensus board might be Brady Christensen was off the board at 52. And that would have been a tempting trade. I mean, if I were making trades, that might have been a tempting one to move up into the late 40s or early 50s to maybe try and get that. Um, Russo going with him because, you know, one, the production was off the charts. I mean, he had those 15 and a half sacks in 2019. Um, and on top of that, his measurables really fit in with what the Chiefs look at that spot. Um, probably more of a developmental player. But the, the thing is, is that the Chiefs, I think, what they need for this season is really a situational pass rusher who you can teach up on everything else. And Russo kind of fits that to me. Yeah, I mean, certainly with the length and the power production, I think that's what he does pretty well. Uh, he's not a bendy guy. He's not running that edge um, to hit the top of the arc very well, but that's okay. My question to you is when I watch him on film, I actually think he made more plays from an inside alignment being kicked down on those passing downs did you see the same thing? And are you concerned about that with a, a 63rd selection? Or do you think that's exactly what Spags wants to do? I mean, I think that fits in exactly with what Spags and, and Veach both look for. I mean, they, they love those kind of guys that can move around and kick inside if needed. Yeah, this is a player that I think they would certainly hope that would uh, uh, materialize as, as a, as a full time edge player. But We've seen it before. I mean, they they don't mind it. They love those kind of guys. And if it turns into a player who can kick inside on occasion, they would be absolutely fine with that. I'm interested in that because, it, like you said, with the way that it fell, is that the way they end up going? At this point, we're two picks in, and job number one has not been accomplished. I know you're aware of that. We're going to get <laughs> into the third pick and the rest of day three in Matt Derrick's first mock draft of the season coming up next. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are going to be back in full swing. And Bet Online even covers award shows, reality TV, all kinds of stuff. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The promo code's locked on for Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, presented by Locked On and Odyssey, is happening now, featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Brian Baldinger, and Jason Lockenfora. Our local experts from every team are making trades and picking the next stars for their teams. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So as we said, and I know you pointed it out, I'm not harping on you, but it's a conundrum with the way things fall, right? And you get to this point where you're at 63 and you don't have an option at tackle. So you came back with the next round, still in the top 100, which I think are the keys to this draft. At 94, you went Dante Smith from East Carolina. What went into that decision? Yeah, you know, interesting because this is it, I, honestly, this is a player that I wouldn't have had on my board a few days ago. But, you know, getting doing this mock draft and looking more and more, my gosh, this this is almost is a quintessential Chiefs kind of player on the tackle spot. I mean, um, has all the measurables, big wingspan, 35 inch arms. I mean, for the T-Rex draft that apparently this is, this is the one outlier that's got the measurables. Um was a senior bowl practice stud. That's what the Chiefs love too. I mean, yeah, if you go and dominate at the senior bowl, the Chiefs absolutely fall in love with you. 
Um, I, I think that that length and the flexibility just you know stands out. So uh, yeah, I've got some concerns about you know the not you know, East Carolina not getting to play against top end talent, and you're going to have some questions. But from a pure measurable standpoint and size, I mean, this is the guy that to me most fits what the Chiefs would be looking for. Now, I can't disagree in any way. My only concern is if this were to happen. I don't know that a player at 94, particularly this one, is ready to walk in and compete for a starting job. So what do they do in the meantime? Do you see a scenario if this were to happen, what they do at left tackle? I think that's a completely legitimate concern because, yeah, I mean, you know, the comp to this, to to, to Smith, is probably Lucas Niang. I mean, they're to a degree fairly similar players in that standpoint. And, and yeah, you know, when we got to talk to Andy Reid the other day about what they're going to do at left tackle – I mean, to me, it's still clear as mud. I mean, there was no clear-cut resolution to what they're going to do there. So, uh, hey, is it is it Lucas Niang? Is it the the draft pick that is coming in, which we I will guarantee you the Chiefs are taking a tackle, or is it somebody in house door number four? I mean, there's still so many options that right now on at this point, I cannot tell you who is going to start left tackle for the Chiefs. I don't think they can either. The whole thing felt like a big shrug to me, and that's fine. I think it also, it, moving him to left is going to depend on actually seeing him in person. So I, I can understand waiting on that one. So you get to day three, and there's still more things that need to be accomplished. And at 136, now knowing that the Chiefs have a couple of, of picks stacked with that compensatory pick at 144, you had some leeway here, I'm guessing. You went Monty Rice, the middle linebacker, who can move pretty well, out of Georgia, was there another option, or was that pretty clear for you? This was this was a really difficult pick. I mean, this one I spent the most time on. I mean, yeah, I, I definitely would have been on the clock and in some trouble on this one because there were a lot of different places to go. And you know, and honestly, you know, I I, I got a guy eight picks later who was also in the mix, and frankly, I got a guy in the fifth round that would have also been in kind of my mix here too. So I mean, it, sometimes that's the way the draft you know falls down. You you get a player that you know sometimes gets at a spot that you don't expect um with this Monty rise to me it, it it fits in with you know a little bit of what the chiefs model was last year which was you know looking at guys in their last full year and seeing how they did you know uh, rice didn't have a you know tremendously big last final season he was team captain which you ticks the box for the chiefs mm-hmm. um but had a huge season in in 2019 and and that to me, I mean, you go back and you look at it and you look at how he could play off of Willie Gay because I think that they are both, you know, they both are high energy players, but they also bring a little bit different mentality. Rice seems like a really gritty player, whereas Gay has all the speed and explosion. So I think those two guys could really play off of each other. I, I think it'd be interesting. Somebody's got to make calls and we'd have to like really work out who's going to be in charge of that defense at that point. But it's an interesting setup. And I'm glad that you mentioned the next selection, too, because I would have had those guys really close as well. Um, Trey Brown from Oklahoma, very specifically a nickel corner. Yeah, the, at 5'9", 185, yeah, that's that's going to be a nickel guy. But once again, you know, fits the ticks the Chiefs boxes. I mean, this guy has speed for days, um, huge production. I mean, he broke up 35 passes at Oklahoma. Um, those are the kind of things that the Chiefs love to see. I mean, you know, they will almost favor production at corner over almost anything else. I mean, if you prove that you can get your hands on the football, 
that's enough for the Chiefs. I mean, especially if you're able to back it up with some speed and you're able to back it up on the film. And uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's I, th- I think he's got good aggressiveness for that spot. He, he having a, a guy like Trey Brown, if he were able to come in and, and prove himself, I mean, to me, it's perfect compliment for them being able to let Legereus Sneed become a full time guy, can, can play outside, can can play inside if needed, but can really be that full time guy along with uh, Traverse Ward. Yeah, I fully agree. And folks, for those of you who haven't seen the draft guide yet, go get it at a rogue APC because Trey Brown is number four in the Hawk rate in 2020, and that stands out. And this, like, that's all to say that I've been waiting for this one, and we did not discuss what this selection was going to be. Matt did this on his own. <laughs> I did. And everyone knows that I'm super happy about Drew Dahlman from Stanford in the fifth round, super value and an athlete at that position. Well, I did not talk to you, but I did consult the draft guide. So ah, I, okay. I knew the athleticism that the Dahlman's gotten and the explosion. So yeah, that, that's, that stood out. Uh, once again, I mean, check all the boxes. I mean, this is a Stanford kid. Um, a lot of experience, you know, leadership, um, all, all, you know, first team, all pack 12. I mean, just, it ticks all the boxes, good size. Um, and this is once again, I mean, the chiefs need some interior and they need a, a starting center for the future. Dalman could be that guy. It, it's funny that the, the prototype hasn't changed. We, we, I thought maybe earlier this offseason they might look for a little bit more power, be able to drive the ball. To them. This is Mitch Morse all over again. As far as I'm concerned, do you see something different? No, I think you're about right. I mean, maybe a little bit smaller, but um, yeah, I think it's at least as far as the ability to move. I mean, I, I still think the Chiefs are going to want to do that, but you know, this is a position where I think that they could afford that. They're they're mauling up at some other spots, and I would expect them to continue to do that. But this is kind of to me, yeah, kind of a classic Andy Reid, Andy Heck kind of center. Gotcha. I'm with you there. You came back, and at this point, I think in this particular draft. Wide receiver group is is deep, and everybody's got to fight for a job on this particular roster, unless you're a big-bodied guy that can line up at the X from day one. And going with Shai Smith from South Carolina, I think, is really interesting because he's an Uber athlete. He's got that straight-line speed that they covet, whether they can come off of the routes, tree, or whatever it is. What made you say yes to Shai Smith? Yeah, a little bit of everything. But, you know, if, at the in the fifth round, I mean, you want studs, but you also need production i mean you got you need a special teams players and this has got really stood out for me for special teams not only because he can return the ball which if i'm the chiefs i don't know if i want mccall hardman returning anything anymore i mean you know to me the trust isn't quite there yet mm-hmm. um smith is a guy who can do that once again a lot of speed um has had good production but, you know, he's been a really strong special teams player. I mean, he's a gunner. I mean, he can do different things, even at his size. He can play on a lot of teams. And I th- I think this, this to me, seems like the kind of guy that Dave Tobe would say, okay, I can figure out how to use him. And I'm sure that he would. I think he'd probably have fun doing it, too. And he'd probably have to use this next guy, too, because in the sixth, you went to Virginia to get uh, tight end Tony Polgin, um, if I'm even saying that right. And I apologize, Tony. I'm probably terrible at that. but. In in a thin tight end class, I find him really intriguing. What was your thought process on making the last selection of this mock for a tight end? Yeah, I think you you will find as you go through, I'm probably going to draft a tight end in every single mock draft because I think the Chiefs need a tight end. Um, uh, but, you know, Pulchin, I mean, once again, I mean, the, the production's there, the size, 
pretty darn close to Travis Kelsey. I mean, you know, as far as the height and weights, you know, that there's a really strong similarity there. Um, showed the ability, you know, when he went to Virginia from Central Michigan, that he could play at the at the bigger level. Uh, you know, the Chiefs need somebody at that re- at that tight end spot that can catch the ball. I mean, Blake Bell's great. He's going to, I think, add a little bit more experience and a little bit more savvy at that spot, you know, bring it back to what the Chiefs had back in, in 19. But, you know, they need somebody for the future that they can develop. And, yeah, I think Bolgen, I mean, to me, he's got at least the production and the skill set that it's worth a shot. And I think there's, yeah, you're right. I mean, I don't know that there's out, outside of at the very, very top of the tight end list this year, there's anybody that I'm willing to say, yeah, I'm going to put a third round pick on this and feel pretty good about it. But I think there's a couple of guys at the very bottom of this draft that, hey, if I can get them in the sixth or seventh round or priority free agents, these might be some guys. And, and I don't think the level of competition is there that you can't preclude any of it. So I'm really interested in the way that this this went. And I'm looking forward to your next one. So um, I won't keep you from that. But I do appreciate you walking us through your thought process. Appreciate all the time, Matt. My pleasure, Ryan. Thank you very much. Folks, you can find that mock and walk through it yourself on ChiefsDigest.com. We'll have Matt back later in the week, and he'll be on the live streams over on RGR. So thanks for listening to us today, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com, where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts, and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening.